it guides it towards the uprights and it's there! Straight between the uprights it is! What a magnificent rugby league try! Oh, make no mistake, they are white hot! This will be a try! 85 metres, the most remarkable try! Try, try! G'day guys, welcome back to the Mad Monday podcast. I'm your host Nathan and with me is my brother Joshua tonight for the episode four, episode four podcast. Um... Josh, how are you, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Good. Yeah, well, as good as it can be. Melbourne uh, is currently in another five-day lockdown. Um, mm. So that's uh, great fun, 3.0. Yeah, that's no good. No. Um, yeah, I only t- I totally forgot about that until you until your message today when I was like, you guys right to go today? And, and um, you're like, yeah, I've, I've got no plans. And I was like, oh, what'd you say? Oh, no, you've got too much going on. And I was like, <laughs> oh, man, that's cool, no worries. And then you're just like, you're a buddy goose. Like, we're in lockdown. I was like... Ah oh, shit! Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It's um, I've uh, my day consisted of walking the dogs, and that's been it. So, <laughs> bit of PlayStation or something. Yeah, absolutely nothing else going on, mate. Oh, so. And obviously, getting ready for the podcast. But um, obviously Valentine's Day today. Unfortunately, Lachlan couldn't jump on. Uh, apparently, he only loves his missus one day a year, and it's the only day that he ever takes her out to dinner. So, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's out. He's out making another another baby. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Another niece or nephew for us, <laughs> but um, yeah, he'll um he'll be able to jump on next week. I know that he'd be uh, frothing to get um into his team, the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Um, but tonight, obviously, we'll be chatting about the Newcastle Knights, uh, the North Queensland Cowboys, Parramatta Eels, and uh, last year's grand finalists, uh, the Penrith Panthers. Um, what do you say we get kicked off? What do you reckon? Let's get stuck into it. Cool, mate. Well, obviously, we'll start off with the Knights. Um, you know, they didn't really kind of do much last year. I think a lot of it had come down to um, a building phase for the Knights. They had to cut, you know, obviously, they had McCulloch come in um, across from the Broncos with the loan, uh, the loan system that the NRL run last year. And um, they that, that kind of helped them a lot in a way. But then that dreaded number nine jersey just kind of took a couple of couple of players right out of that at right out of that system. Obviously Connor Watson going down with an Achilles injury. Um McCulloch going down with his ACL. I think uh Kurt did Kurt Mann go down? And yeah, I think throughout parts of the I think it was a shoulder injury. Yeah, well obviously he was gone, but you know, we saw the likes of Tex Hoy come through um and really kind of shine in that in that area. So and, you know, uh is it Braden? Jaden, Jaden Braley. Um Obviously, been able to get that experience from McCulloch yesterday, last year as well too, to be able to kind of build on his, you know, um, career and be able to kind of um, really learn um, from an experienced player that's probably been there up and played, you know, a decent, a decent amount of footing and and get that knowledge from him. So, look, um, changes with the Knights. Uh, I'm assuming you've got the the trades there, Josh. Yeah, I got the ins and outs. We'll start with the ins. Um, got Bailey Hodgson from Castleford. Uh, Dominic Young from Huddersfield, uh, Tyson Frizzell is a massive in yep. for him um, after leaving the Dragons. Uh, Swaso Sue from the Bulldogs, Jack Johns, um, Lockie would be absolutely heartbroken about that. Yep. yep. Um, going and joining his uh, uncle down at. Oh no, Andrew Johns isn't part of the Knights. Coach no. of the Eels, isn't he? Yeah, he's um, he's um he's with the Eels. He's the halves coach, I think. There. Um and Braden Musgrove. Um, which I think he might be from the younger grades, I think. Um, yeah. So I think he's part of a training trial or development contract anyway. Yeah. Um, Jack Johns, interestingly enough, is part of a development deal. So 
we'll have we'll have to um I'll have to have a bit of a look into that and see if any of our listeners know um what the guys with a development deal because you know obviously he played some first grade last year. I, I don't I'm not too sure how that qualifies as a development deal anyway for him. I think I was just reading before as well too. There's uh, Nate Roach. He was a the Warriors um, hooker over there. Um, he's on a development deal with the Parramatta Eels as well too. So that's another one yeah. that's um in there uh, in that kind of system. So I, I like the idea of having um, players on developmental deals. It's just a matter of um, how it works. Yeah, obviously I'm, we don't yeah. know too much about it. Um, I'm not too sure if it's similar to like a train and trial. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, we'll have to have a look into that. Maybe we'll, we'll touch on that um, in next week's podcast when we do a bit of research during the week. Um, yeah. But the outs, um, they have lost a bit of quality, actually. Um, Aiden Guerra, he retired. Uh, Tim yep. Glasby retired as well block. after the, uh, the repeated head knocks. Especially um, in like the in like in that in that Ford that pack, front, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Herman SSA's gone too. I mean, uh, it, it, like we touched on last week. I mean, he um, he's a big guy, but he hasn't really shown much promise since leaving, uh, leaving the Broncos. Mm. Um, Andrew McCulloch, uh, Sione Matatia, Mason Lino, Tata Moga, Tyron Roberts Davis um, are all guys that have been released out of the their contracts at the Knights. Um, I, th- I think Sione Matati is a big loss. I think he was underrated in that squad. Uh, and obviously, Andrew McCulloch as well. Is is Andrew McCulloch getting re-signed um, by Newcastle? Or is that something that's a bit of a pipe dream? No, he was only there for the loan season. So, he's he's still part of the Broncos. He's still contracted to the Broncos. Okay. Um, but I reckon probably in the next week, maybe two weeks, he'll be, he'll be at the Dragons, I think. I think he'll start the year at the Dragons. I don't think that... Okay. You reckon Dragons... Um, I don't think that he will be in the Broncos squad come round one. I reckon he'll, he'll be gone. I think there's a there's a bit of an influx in the Broncos system in regards to hookers anyway. You know, you've got a couple of quality players there anyway. So it's it's hard for Andrew McCulloch because he has been such a stalwart for that team. Um, yeah. But, you know, moving him on to bigger and better things with you know, maybe the Dragons, if you can call it bigger and better anyway. Um, yeah, I think that like I don't – like, yeah, you, you, you kind of look at it and you go – if if he was, you know, if we we are talking about McCulloch and we talk about, like you said, the depth at the at, like in that hooker position at the Broncos, you, you, you know, you've got Corey Pakes, you've got um, Jake Turpin, um, you know, those kinds of, those kinds of players, you know, young up and coming players play good football, like they play decent football, and can really st- and you know really stick it out in the NRL. To me, that's that's just like more and more incentive to push yourself to to earn that number nine jersey. Oh, absolutely. Like, you know, push the young fellas down. You know, there was one point there where we were talking about McCulloch being the next Cameron Smith. He was the next one to take over the, as, as the Queensland dummy half. And then, obviously, Harry Grant come on the scene and that, that obviously just blew everything out of the park. So whether, um, you know, that, um, you know, if he does leave the Broncos and he goes into a different system under, uh, you know, um, Anthony Griffin at the Dragons, then potentially with without um, Cameron McInnes there, obviously. You yeah. know, that's that's something that he could probably slot into that number nine role because I, I don't think they have much depth in, in at dummy half there, obviously, no. the Dragons. Well, you know, look, they had Ben Hunt yeah. swapping out with Cameron McInnes and all that kind of stuff last year. So, 
um, you know, hopefully he does get a run in a in a squad that he can build on. Um, just as long as his ACL holds up, you know, he's an older player too, so it's going to be a lot harder for him to stick in that position. But you know, that's just one of those things where he's going to have to really kind of stick it out and um, go about it. But back on the Knights, um, I I'm really looking forward. Obviously, coming round run, uh, it's it looks as if. Um, Kalen Ponga won't be in the in the team till around about round three, apparently. From what I'm kind of reading, is that his because his, his shoulder in uh, shoulder surgery, he probably won't be back. Um, you know, uh, f- for the first couple of rounds, I think um, that's kind of like the word that's going around. Mind you, you um, that's probably not the worst thing in the world for Newcastle because in the first three rounds, they play the Bulldogs, uh, the Warriors. They play the West Tigers round in the first, first three, three rounds, rounds. Uh, and then you got the Dragons. So even round four, maybe let's say, let's say five rounds. All right, worst case scenario, they versus the Titans around five. So that's that's not the worst. That's probably a good thing for Newcastle as well to be able yeah, to warm into the season. That's anyway, their advantage, um, you know, and, and just p- be able to really figure out guys who are you know solid in positions. Because looking at the the outs that they have, they haven't really uh, brought too many guys back in. Uh, who can fit those roles? Obviously, Tyson Frizzell will take Guerrero's spot. Um, yeah, their hooker is probably something a little that, that leaves a, a lot to be desired. I know you got the Brayley, one of the Brayley brothers there, but he yeah, hasn't yeah. really shown a lot of promise since leaving Cronulla. Yeah, they look, last year they were patchy in in parts of the year, and I think that's just due to the the egos they have at that club. I think a lot of the players run off, you, know, you like run off the egos, you know. Um, yep. Well, obviously, obviously the preseason, you know, we've had that whole Mitchell Pierce captaincy thing yeah, and another thing. Um, the, that texting scandal that was going on and players and a bit of unrest and all that kind of stuff. So, oh, not like to mention, me, oh, sorry, sorry, not to mention um, O'Brien. There was the rumor going around about O'Brien. Yeah, yeah obviously going races. off at the races. So. You know, just things like that, man. Like there must, there must be a lot of unrest at the at the Knights at the moment. It's unfortunately not going. I I feel like it's probably not going to. Um, it's probably going to show on the field as well too. You know, losing such big players and such experience in the forward pack. You know, Tyson Frizzell was. I'm, I'm going to call. I'm, this is going to be my call for every for every team. I reckon he's a, he was a wet sock last year. Yeah. Like, just he was. He did the job. But he wasn't doing enough. There wasn't enough out of the Dragons. And yeah, fair enough. He's in the Dragon system and he's and he wanted out and halfway through the season he'd signed on with the Knights for the next year. And, you know, we all know our thoughts on players um, signing with teams mid season. It's I think we're all pretty much on the same level when we think it's absolute shit that they, they can do that. I think it needs to be done pre pre season and they play for that team or post season and they play following yeah. you know that following bring, that. Yeah, bring in that transfer window, you know. Um, yeah, hundred percent. Even even towards the back end of the season, or may, maybe at the start. I think the start might work just to get if if you have if you're lacking in a, in a position or if you have an injury. You know, maybe let's say before Origin. You know, up, up to round ten. Yeah, you, you know, they have that transfer window. After that, you solidify your teams. Yeah, that's it. That's it going forward. Well, yeah, and yet looking at the, looking at the the Knights' predicted lineups here, Kurt Mann, I thought he played really well at the start of last uh, last season. I thought that he actually was probably one of the top sixes in the game for that, for that first couple of rounds. I think the Knights had a, a really good run at the start of the season, and they just off they went. Um, I like his, I like him. I think he needs to develop in that position a bit better. Some people think he's not right, not quite a five eight, um, and you know, 
yeah, I can see where their point's coming from. I don't think he's built for that position, but, you know, they chucked him in at at, at, uh, at nine then, and I think he went down. So um, obviously having Connor Watson come back from that Achilles injury, that's another injury that could flare up again, um, you know, with Kalen Ponga as well coming through. Edric Lee's a good, you know, a, a, a good, a positive one there, getting a spot in the origin side last year. And Bradman Best coming back too um, in the number four uh, jersey. So we want to see the best out of Bradman Best, but... You know, to be honest, I don't see the Knights going anywhere close to the eight this year. Unfortunately, um, Hunter's got into my notebook that had my one to 16 ladder <laughs> prediction <laughs> and he's destroyed it. And I don't know where it is and it's gone. So, look, I'm going to say I, I I know that I did have the, the Knights coming uh, probably, I think I had them maybe 15th. Wow, right okay. at the bottom of the ladder there. I don't. I don't actually think that they're going to do too much. I think yeah. with the loss of a lot of the, their experience in the forwards and the unrest that's at the club at the moment, I don't think that that's going to uh, like progress the team. It's only going to hinder them for the right. twenty twenty one season. Um, look, I think I think they have lost a fair bit of quality, uh, but they still have a good side. I know if you can get the best out of Tyson Frizzell, it can be one of the most damaging back rowers. Yep. In the agreed. Yeah. I, I think we're probably gonna get must must of the same out of um the Newcastle. They finished seventh last year. I picked them to finish eighth. They uh I just They're think still on eight, you reckon? Yeah, I just think they, they will show signs of improvement, uh, but we're just gonna get much of the same. Not there hasn't really been that much change. And like we said, the culture of the club is still an issue uh, that they haven't they haven't seemed to address in the off season. Yeah. And yeah, they're, they're, there's not a real turnover of players or anything. So I think we're going to get much of the same. They still will beat teams. They, they do have some strike across that park, but I don't think it's going to be it's, – it's going to be a Cronulla of – yeah. it's yeah, going to be Cronulla this year. They'll beat teams below them, but they will lose teams above them. Yeah, 100%. I agree. Right, hey, well, we'll obviously move on to your team, uh, the North Queensland Cowboys. Yes. Um, we all know that you're a big fan of them, so – um, we'll probably uh, spend. I'm assuming we'll spend a bit of time on this team, but uh, look, you know they've on paper. On paper, they've got a good side. I'm still. I'm still. I know that you're a fan of Drinkwater. I'm still very much on the fence with him. I need yeah. to see more from him. Yep. And uh, like, I don't know. Like, if we if we th- we start talking about Michael Morgan, I'm probably just going to fall asleep because his style <laughs> of football is exactly the same as talking about him. He's boring as batshit. I don't think he's a very creative player. Um, he goes missing in games, but you know you can say that about any kind of five eight, you know, halfback, any t- any game, especially Anthony Milford. You know, that's that's just kind of you know where he's at. But look, um, Reese Robinson played like fantastically last year. He definitely came onto the scene and really really did that number nine jersey well for the Cowboys. Yeah. Um. Obviously, uh, what's his name? I've totally forgotten his name. Tom Gilbert going down with uh, an, in- an injury for the preseason, so he's probably going to miss the first few rounds of the year. Yep. Um, and so obviously Cohen House comes back into the squad. I know that you're not a mad fan of Cohen House, Josh. Absolutely not. Like he was, he was so good when he came onto the scene too. Like he, he was, you know. But obviously, you know, any player is going to look good yeah, running off a, off a JT yeah. ball, you know. Yeah. So, um, you know, Cohen House is gone. Oh, sorry, going back into the squad. Um, you know, Jason Tamalolo is going to do Jason Tamalolo. He's always yeah. going to be that player. But I feel like the Cowboys relied on him too much last year to the point where he became ineffective. Yeah, absolutely. 
the two, like, you know, it was just him taking up head-ups. No one really wanted to kind of run off him. Yeah. Jordan McLean didn't really do much, you know, f- for me last year. I didn't really see much. And the back line hasn't really changed. You know, no. Val Holmes obviously going down with that injury, and he didn't really impress at, at, at Origin either. Unfortunately, that ankle just kept hindering him to the point where he became useless on the field. Yeah. Um, you know, the hammer, uh, hammer so Taboi Fado. I'm looking to see more size from him. Hopefully, he's yeah. put on a bit more size over the preseason and, yeah. and he's able to have that bit more of the kind of that body explosiveness yeah. um, with hopefully maintaining his speed because that is he's like electric when he gets on the field. Scored a couple of really great tries last year um, just with that, you know, that footwork. So, um, you know, and, you know, are we going to see Cole Feld finally get a run <laughs> in the Queensland jersey? You know, like that's just one of those things. If he can maintain it, I think he might. Um, yeah. But it just depends on who goes in. Oh, obviously, yeah, I think I think that I'll, put, I'll I'll say it now. I reckon Cole Feld's in the Queensland team this year, only because Green's now the coach, and he knows what Felt can do. Yeah, that's fair. That's so, you know like, what, that, that's kind of got me worried. I think I, I can I know I'm an advocate for Green coaching, but his coaching style just doesn't really suit the up tempo, uh, like the up tempo style of Origin. He is a good coach. Don't get me wrong. Um, like you said before, just touched on a few of those players there. I think a lot of it was a product of Green's game plan. I know you know you, you looked. I don't like to to talk about days gone by, but you look at twenty seventeen Michael Morgan towards the back mm. end of that season. He was you know close to the best carried, player, carried the team absolutely, and it was off the back of his own perform. Uh, you know his own ability and his own performance. I know he struggled with the. Um, Injury last year, but like you know, the, the same old adage. It was a wet sock at parts during that year. You know, it, t- coming back towards the back end of that season, he just got run over. He was a defensive liability. Yeah, and I think I can't help but think maybe uh, Green's game plan has stunted his growth as a half, mm. and just the way that they ran as a team. I'm hoping, obviously, with Todd Payton coming in now, that we're going to see a bit more free flowing football. You know, the footy that New Zealand played last year was really entertaining football. It was high risk. But it was also high reward, you know, and they put a couple of teams to the sword that they shouldn't have beaten. They shouldn't have even been close, you know. And to, and to even talk about the Warriors being in the top eight contention last year, towards the back end of that season, you know, it was it was a genuine chance. Um, just speaks to levels of how he is as a coach. I don't I don't see massive improvement. I don't, I'm not. I don't see him, you know, making the top eight this year. I, I still think we're a little ways off, um, and. To be honest with you, they haven't. There hasn't been a whole lot of uh, personnel change. Change for the team either. No. Like they're, they're very much the same team. That's yeah. Been for the last probably what two years? Um, yeah, I, I probably say the last two years. I dare say. Yeah. Um, really, the only ins of, of any worth at the moment, anyway, is Lockenberg, uh for the Warriors. Yep. I think yep. he he obviously is impressed. Todd Payton over there, and and Payton wanted him to follow with him. It's kind of one of those like it's a Darius Boyd thing, I think. Like, yeah, wherever he goes, I'll go. Um, and losses, apart from a couple of names that no one probably would know, you've just got Gavin Cooper, Tom Opacic, and John Asiata, obviously down up at the Broncos. Way. Which, Which is Asiata, probably, he's probably going to run as the lock there at Broncos. Yeah, too. well, I think that was part of the reason why he left. I think he wanted a starting lock spot, and there's absolutely no way you're taking a lock spot off. Tamalolo, oh yeah, Tamalolo, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. And obviously, Gavin Cooper, he's he's was such a good thing to the club for so long, but you could see it. He's just getting age in those legs, and yeah, 
I think it was 2017 might have been the last good year of Cooper. And then after that, he's just slowed down. Yeah, because that was what – so that was the year after JT retired, hey? He finished 2016? No, I think 2018 was the last JT year. Right. Yeah. I think the last year Parramatta made won a spoon, I think. Was JT's last year because he was injured. He got he was there for patches. I think twenty seventeen Origin. Um, Ah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, we had a lot of players go down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. So, well, well, obviously, yeah, Um, yeah. Like, what's what's there to say about the Cowboys? I've got I've got them finishing eleventh. I think I had them at eleventh. I think they'll sit around. I think they'll kind of be they'll be patchy through the season. I'm expect like I could they could be completely wrong and and. I'm just worried if they like you. You just touched on it then. Like if they play Peyton's way of st- like style of football, yeah, are they able to maintain that style of football? Yeah. If they go back to running it off Jason Tamalolo every second tackle or every second run, then I feel like they're not going to do much this year again. They really need to change that to the point where it's kind of it's like you know it's a, it's exactly pretty much the same at Broncos too. Yeah. You know, give it to Payne. Give it to Payne Haas. Yeah. You know, yeah. he he'll get us out of here. It's kind of like, yeah, fair enough. Payne Haas isn't Jason Tamalolo. He's miles above him. Obviously, Lolo is miles above Haas. But you know, uh, you know, you can't you can't expect just the big boys to keep you know, well, the big boy to 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 keep hitting it up. You need to yeah. make sure that the likes of Cohen Hess are getting through, Jordan McLean are getting through, Josh McGuire is floating around the ball, you know, all that kind of stuff to be able to get through the line and, and you know, and do those kinds of things. Do you think that Jake Granville's is going to have the exact same same year again? Yeah, I think I think with Ruben Cotter now pushing up into that all-star spot and yeah. uh, Reese Robson, um, I think Jake Granville, he, was, he is a good hooker, but he's not the right hooker fit for... The Cowboys at the moment, I think you've got when you're competing with young guys like that who have speed around the ruck, you know, have have everything basically that you will bring into the team. But they've now, you know, they've developed a bit further. You know, Reese Robson was the um, under twenties Australian hooker. Hmm. Uh, you know, and obviously you can't keep a guy like that out of the team. If you if you do, he's going to want to go looking somewhere else because he wants yeah, to play first grade. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, my question, my question to you. Yes. Where to? Where do? For the for the Cowboys to go to do good this year, where 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 what what needs to click? I I just where do they it, win the games? I think it needs to be an effort thing. I think they have got talent there. You know, they have got guys who can win games. I just think it's an effort thing. I think last year, as soon as they went down by a try, you know, eight points, ten points, it's just a head dropped, and then they head were just down, yeah. yeah they they weren't playing uh, like hustle footy. They weren't. They, there was no urgency really to their game. So they they were just going through the motions and. And I think obviously that was a part of Green's game plan was just yep. to play out games that sort of thing. But the thing that I have uh, that the, the reason why the Cowboys were successful in fifteen and and you know that that green patch they went through that year was because of Thurston. Yeah. You know, you put Thurston in any any team any and he's going to make the game plan look good. You know, and he's pretty he was pretty much Tom Brady. Oh uh, yeah, well you know you, you look at him. If, if for how long do the Cowboys rely on him? Yeah. You know. Ever since he ever since he come up, you know they didn't they never had that extra bit to take it, you know to the next to the next yeah. to win a grand final essentially. Um, yeah. Obviously they put the pieces around him to win in 2015, but if Thurston wasn't there, there's absolutely no way we we probably didn't even make the eight. Yeah. To be honest with you, but I don't I don't know what Todd Payton's going to bring to the Cowboys. I know that 
there's I've you know I've been watching a lot of video obviously and and there's a lot of emphasis on attitude and effort and uh, being faster essentially you know, you know making the team faster as a whole I think we uh, I I see it anyway if the Cowboys just have an effort there um, they will go a long way to winning games I still think they're a bit off the pace I've got them finishing tenth yep. um, it's not going to be as bad a year last year um, and I think. They've got some strike across the park, like you said. You know, Hammer there. He's, he's shown some real speed. I just think he needs to nail down a, a consistent starting spot and build a bit of. You know, you feel his body out. You know, I think I think uh, Drinkwater needs to be better defensively. I think off- offensively he's good. Defensively he is a paper bag. Okay, um, and one and one more question for you yes. before we move on to the paramedic yields. Um, is this Valentine Holmes year? With the pace well, of the game picking up and that kind of six again rule, a fresh Val Holmes, no injury, stays injury free this year. Do you think that obviously the likes of RTS under Peyton was unreal? I think that he was, you know, you obviously say that he's he's the best fullback in the game, you think. Um, do you think that we're going to see the same kind of development as RTS you know, in Holmes? Um, yes and no. I think we will see a lot of improvement out of Holmes because, it's his second preseason. You know, his body should be right for NRL anyway. Uh, it's not a. It, it wasn't such a quick turnaround like it was when he came back from the NFL. Uh, but Valentine Holmes isn't to us, check. You know, um, to about like I said, you know, I'm a big advocate of him. He's in a league of his own, really. Uh, he's up there with you know Tedesco is, is in terms of skill set anyway. I don't think I think Holmes is maybe top ten. I don't think he's I don't think he's top five. I think he's probably in between five and ten there somewhere in in regards right. to fullbacks. Yep. Um, but we shouldn't see I shouldn't see a better year. I think at parts of last year we obviously did see the best of Holmes, but I just need to see it more consistently. I think yep. I think if if he just if he really just focuses on the little things um, defensively as well. Offensively, he's fine. You know, he's got speed. He's got good hands. Um, he's quick. You know, like he could break tackles. But defensively, he got caught out a fair bit. And yeah. you know, you look at the Slaters of the world. The Slater really made that fullback position his own with his defensive play. You know, he, yeah. like he copped a lot of slack for it, fair enough. But yep. you know, it, it, it's nine times out of ten, if someone made a break or or they looked like there was going to be a try scored, the bloke there was Slater. You know, it was always an effort thing, a hundred percent effort to get to. Guys, right at yeah. death, um, and you don't see that from many fullbacks these days. And that's what yep. that's what you need to be become an elite fullback. You know, mm. um, I'll put my two cents in. I think that Holmes needs to go looking for the ball a bit more, float around the rock kind of stuff. Because I think that he's got that kind of that burst of speed. He's not the type of Slater where, or like you know, Slater player, or like you know, for instance, Ryan Pappenhausen, uh, maybe RTS a little bit, but like. Uh, or like Charles Dickel Clockstab, where they have that pace around a team where they can kind of yeah. skip, skip, skip across, skip across, and then find that hole and bang, off they go. Yep. I think I think Val Holmes is more of that kind of find, you know, float around the ruck, float around the ruck, bang, offload, off he goes. Like yep. that's, that's that kind of like he doesn't have that running kind of ability. I think he does have like he has speed, but I think his, his best asset is his strength through the line. He can find... Yeah. A small hole to get through off and offload, bang, away he goes. And then he's got that kind of 20, 30 meter pace to be able to get get ahead of a fullback or if you can get around a fullback or, you know, a floating, uh, you know, a floating half or something like that in the back line. I think that he's able to kind of get through that defensive line nice and easy, but like through the middle of the ruck. I would like to see Valentine Holmes do that. Yep. Um, 
because he's got he's got that body. He's got that kind of like upper body strength that gets him through the line, takes off, and then you know he's either looking for um, you know some faster players in that squad. Obviously, Drinkwater's a, a you know a, a a fullback as well too. So um, it will you know, be it will be interesting. There. Yeah, it will be interesting to see what kind of game style anyway that uh, Top Payton is going to bring to the Cowboys because it's not going to be the same as the Warriors. The Warriors were a completely different unit. Yeah. The Cowboys are a different beast altogether and and while they do have talent on paper, it's the hardest bit about the Cowboys I've found anyway, following them at least, is you look at their page, their, their team on paper, you know, they're a top eight team. You look at that, just that list right there, you know, if, if you stack that up against every other team in the NRL, yeah, they, you'd probably find a spot from the eight. But that yeah. doesn't transfer onto the field, and on the field, yeah. And getting that is is huge, you know. Getting guys firing and playing good football, especially after the couple of years they've had, man. Like like we've talked about the Broncos last year with their young guys, is you you, you got to you can't just throw guys out into the field and then expect it to change. And then, yeah, you know, yeah. they come back this year. They they don't have a winning mentality, you know. They don't have a Melbourne Storm mentality. They they might go oh, okay, like. Yeah, and when the, when things get hard, they might get up again, but they're not used to winning, and that's a massive thing. Is is the you know you, you hear guys talk about um, teams finding ways to win? It always seems like the Cowboys find a way to lose games. Yeah, and I just hope that that's what I mean when I say you know effort. I just hope that 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 effort plan there where they just find, they're just trying to find games. I'd, I'd rather I'd rather them you know, fighting to the death and, and, and die out, fifth tackle, you know, 10 seconds to go trying to make a play for the line rather than just kicking the ball into touch and then trying to defend a set. You know, I, I don't think that's the team that the Cowboys are and I hope that Todd Payton is going to bring some element of that. Uh, well, you did just you just, just you did just touch on something that we will chat about the week prior to the season starting. So we're only, a, we're only I think, two weeks away. I think a, yeah. Mate, yeah, two weeks yeah. away from the season starting. Um, so there's one thing that you did touch on where it was like kicks into into touch. Um, I know that there's a rule change under uh, around that, so we will definitely touch on that in the coming weeks of the podcast. So you guys, um, for the team that are out there that are listening to the potty, thank you so much. But we will be chatting about the rule changes prior to the season starting, just so we can keep you guys up to date with what's going on in the NRL, yep. um, and obviously give give our opinions on that kind of thing as well too. But we might leave the Cowboys there for now. Yeah, um, Josh, you got him finishing tenth. I've got him finishing eleventh. Eleventh. So, what's the odds um, that Lockin hasn't finished in thirteenth? <laughs> I was just about to say that. Um, but we'll move on. Obviously, we'll move on to the Parramatta Eels now. Um, the guys that just can't seem to find a consistent year for the past probably two years. I reckon yep. they've got they have got the squad there, man. Like I think I've got the f- I've got the Eels finishing top. I think I had them fourth, maybe. But I've got them finish. I reckon I've got them finishing top five this year. Yep. I think that they're not. I think with um, Joey Johns obviously being there in the halves partner, he's got. I think this is his second year coaching um, Dylan Brown and uh, Mitchell Moses yep. um, as our halves coach. So I think that we're going to see a lot more out of out of them towards the back end of the season. I think that the like, you know, obviously the start of the season, they're very much live wire players and they they play with passion and all that kind of stuff. And I'm expecting them to just probably go that one more this year. I think that they're gonna win a lot more games than people think they might win. I know that last year pardon me. I know that last year people expected them to win games and they didn't win that game. Yeah. Um I think this year is gonna be pretty much they people are going to expect them to win that game and they're going to win that game. I'm I'm hopeful of it. 
I'm a bit worried that Brad Arthur's style of football is maybe starting to get a bit outdated and just the way that that Parramatta Eels play. But, you know, looking at the team, I think the, you know, you've got the ins and outs there. But from what I can kind of see, um, obviously um, Bryce Cartwright did come into the squad, but he's actually broken his jaw. So he's out for, for, I think it's five to six weeks or something like that. Yeah. So he'll be gone for the first part of the season. I don't expect him to really be doing much with the starting squad, in in my opinion. I don't think he'll be getting a spot. Um. Who else we got there? I'll, um, you know? I'll, I'll just run through the ins and outs quickly, if you want. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. So uh, the ins, we've got Keen Hitgrave uh, from the Titans. Bryce Cartwright, obviously, that we just touched on. Uh, Michael Oldfield, which is a big in, I think, from the Raiders. Uh, Nathaniel Roach on a development squad contract, like we said before. Um, Tom Opacic, um, Isaiah Papali'i, um, which is I think is a massive signing for them. I think he's a really good young player. And um, Joey Lusick from Salford. Um and the outs, obviously, they've got a bit of turnover plays, actually, to be honest with you. Uh, they've got uh, Kane Evans is gone, David Gower, Andrew Davey. That's a big Jennings, loss. Davey, Davey. Davey's a huge yeah. loss for them, 100%. He's a workhorse last year. Um, this one's going to step. This one's gonna muck me up. Uh, Stefano <laughs> Utui Kamanu. Utui Kamanu. Utui Kamanu, yeah. Jai Field, he's a big out as well, especially with those halves. Um, yeah, man, yeah. Yeah, uh, Brad Tangarangi, uh, Danny Alvaro, uh, Jamin Salmon, Penny Terrapo, and Reese Davies. So just looking at that, they've lost a fair bit of uh, ball-playing ability. Yeah. You know, Jai Field, Brad Tangarangi, um, uh, Salmon as well is in there. Uh, I know uh, George Jennings too. Uh, he went to the Storm, so he's he's gone upwards, I think. He's set. And they haven't really lost to – they haven't really – they have brought some guys in. Obviously, I think the biggest one probably for him is um, Isaiah Papali'i and yeah. Michael Oldfield. But is that when you look at Parramatta, right? How do you see them going to the next level? For me, Parramatta, they've they run off um, uh, confidence. Most, yeah, yeah, and, and obviously Moses is a confidence player, and the more confident they are, the better football they're playing. You, just, you know, the start of the year last year, I think it was up, you know, around ten. They were flying high. You know, they were top of the table. They were beating Melbourne. They were beat. Uh, I think they were the only team to beat Penrith last year yep, during the regular correct. season. Yep. And they were flying high and everyone everyone predicted good things for him. Uh, and then it got to the finals again. And then it was, I think that doubt started creeping in. Like, oh, shit, we've got to go play Melbourne in Melbourne. It's our burger team. And it was like, it just ate away at them. And I think yeah. that's something that uh, Brad Arthur really, if, if they want Parramatta to go to the next level, that's something that Brad Arthur really has to address is they need to start playing not of confidence, but, off their own ability, and they have yeah. the ability there. And yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I think the big games get to them. I think yeah, that like absolutely. they come in, and no one was going to beat Melbourne last year. I don't like. There's mate, come on. Like, there's no way that Melbourne were ever going to lose a game. But oh well, you know, lose a game that was theirs. But uh, yeah, like like you said, they've got they've got to back themselves pretty much. They can't. You touched on it there when you said that Moses is a confidence player. One hundred percent, he's a confidence player. But he, they, I think that the likes of him and Dylan Brown as the halves pairing, they need to rely on like each other. If Moses goes quiet, then Dylan Brown needs to have a good game or yeah. a bigger game. Yeah, you know? Brown's electric and, too. Vice, vice versa, you know, Dylan Brown's only going to get better. You know, with with time and with experience, he's only going to become a like an elite player. But he doesn't. He goes missing through games, and it and it doesn't it doesn't help Moses. 
No. You know, yeah, they both both struggled with injury last year, and that was just you know, and and kudos to the Eels too. Like they did go far in, in the in the finals, yeah. um, you know, off the back of what they did at the start of the year. So if they can maintain that throughout the year, that, that I think they'll go a long way. Like I said, they'll probably sit around that top four, top five positions. Yep. Um, but the, you know, they they just need to go that one, that little bit extra, that little bit extra, that little bit confidence, a little bit more that they get. They got the ability to go there. For me. I'm very keen on seeing how um, the edge of Mike Acevo and um, I think it'll be Tom Opacek um, on that end because Robert Jennings has – oh, sorry, Michael Jennings has got that suspension from drug allegations. Um, So I'm very – I was very skeptical of Sevo last year. He played great, but he played great outside of great player. Yeah, yep. That's my concern. So are we going to see – more ball heading towards the right-hand side of the field with Blake Ferguson and Walker Blake? Or are we going to see a um, a, 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 a like a, a weak link on that left edge with Sivo and Opacek? I, I think I think Parramatta, like just to touch on what you brought up just then, I think that Parramatta last year at times they were guilty of, of targeting a wing too much. They'd, they'd be very, you know, they were very Mike Acevo-centred. You know, they'd set up to the right and then attack the left. And I think for Parramatta to really evolve as a team as a whole, they need to keep both sides of the field open. You know, like you, I, like I, I, I hate to keep bringing it back to Melbourne, but they are the benchmark of the NRL, obviously. And both sides of their field, they score tries, you know. Uh, Adekar and Vunavalu, they both score tries. And they're both weapons and you can't, Relax on him. You know, Blake Ferguson went almost the entire year last year without scoring a try because they targeted that left wing so much. Edge, yeah, yeah. And, and that's the thing too, like, and and also touching on that as well, if they couldn't go to that right-hand edge, then Clint Gutherson pretty much carried the team towards the end of the season there. Like, yeah. he was Dalian fullback of the year last year. Yep. He's pretty and unlucky to miss out on it, to be honest with you. Sorry? He was pretty unlucky to miss out on the Dalian. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, Dalian, Dalian, 100%. Yeah, I think that he definitely carried the Eels towards the end of the season there and um, really took it upon himself. I think there was a game against. Was it the Raiders? Was it, was it no. a Bankwest? Was it Bankwest? I think. I think he. And he. I think he set up like three tries and scored two or something. It was crazy. He was like he was on fire, absolutely on fire. Like uh, it might have been. Was it the Bunnies? Oh, Lockie wouldn't know. He's, he's <laughs> dele- deleted that out of his memory. <laughs> Uh, it might have been, it might have been, but whatever team it was, I can't remember what it was. But yeah, he played unreal, out of his skin, and yeah, he des- he rightly deserved fullback of the year, I think, last year with the amount of work ethic that he had going in that squad for a squad that was battling injuries, yeah. still sticking with the top eight, but and still winning games. But then, you know, that's obviously going to take a toll on a player. So yeah. I think that. Clint Gutherson's going to go that one extra again. I really like him as fullback. Yeah. I remember I was there the first game that he played for the Parramatta Eels against the Broncos um, at the old Bankwest Stadium. Oh, not Bankwest, at Parramatta Stadium, Perthek there, and he copped it, man. Really? Copped it. He was playing on the wing, and he, the Parramatta fans absolutely gave it to him. Broncos won that game. I was quite happy about it, but they <laughs> they ripped into him, man. He dropped a couple of balls. I think he was on maybe Coyote's edge, might have been, so he was like just scoring tries left, right, and center around him. Uh, made him look like a fool, but yeah, he's obviously developed into a player that's, you know, obviously we put up on on our stories and you know over the socials throughout the week. You know, top five. I reckon he's top five, one of one of the best fullbacks in the game yeah, at the moment. Absolutely. I got a, um, I got a question for you. I obviously I think we might have answered it already, but 
I, I've got Parramatta finishing sixth, right? I think right. that while they have the talent, um, it should be much the same as last year. I think they might lose a couple of those close games. But my question to you is, has Parramatta reached their peak in regards um, to the current coaching and the, their playing format at the moment? Has, has Parramatta, you know, are they able to go to that next level or, ha- or have they reached their peak currently where they are right now? You know, is Brad Arthur like the – is Brad Arthur the – The Madge. Yeah, yeah, like, like the, the – um, I agree. I think I do. I do. I think. I think they have reached. I think this year is the peak. If they don't, if they don't, if they don't perform the way that they, they are expected to perform, and they don't win those games they're expected to win, I think that Brad Arthur will definitely have some people breathing down his throat. I think that Parramatta just need to go that one extra, and I think if they can't, because I'm not too sure on the current contract situation at the Parramatta Eels just yet and who's coming off contract next year or whatever it might be. But I kind of feel like it's the same Parramatta that was very similar to the Cowboys that that was two years ago. You know, yes, they have had a couple of players like Ryan Madison, um, you know, and yeah, Papa Lee and all that kind of stuff come through. Tom Opacek from the Broncos. Oh, well, he did come from the Broncos originally. But um, I think if... If they don't don't finish top three, top four this year, then there's going to be some questions, big questions asked. And I don't think I don't think they go one better unless they can keep the keep the squad. Because like looking at you know Blake Ferguson's only getting older, he'll probably be pushed out. Yep. Um, Dylan Brown and Mitchell Moses, there's a, a bit of a cloud over Dylan Brown and if he wants to stay in the NRL. Um, which really? is Why? a bit disappointing. Yeah, he's he's a union boy, so um, he did when he did get the spot at uh, Parramatta. He was very kind of like hmm, I might just stick around, develop, and then go over to yeah, okay. uh, rugby union. So I think that don't don't quote me on it, but if I, I think if he depending on where his contract is, I don't think we see he much of him heading into the NRL future. Okay, so just to uh, throw another question at you quickly. Um, with Roger Tuovasashek now obviously paving the way to go back to Union to play for the All Blacks, are we going to see more Kiwi, like young Kiwi boys or even established Kiwi players go and do that? You know, yeah. like Ponga, Ponga has brought up saying that he wants to go play for the All Blacks. You know, that's a goal of his. Are we going to see that? In the near future, we're going to see a lot of players turn and go, oh, hey, I've got no chance here. I've got a chance to go and play for the All Blacks. Yep, one hundred percent. I think that's that's something that's going to be a bit of an issue, especially losing such a talent in RTS. Yep. I think that that's definitely going to be an issue for the NRL in the future. We've got to make sure that we maintain our Kiwi like Kiwi players because you know, obviously, yeah, fair enough. Like they, you know, it's it's the All Blacks, man. You know, yeah. any Kiwi, any Kiwi fella that's like grows up, whether you're from the north or the south island, wherever you've come from. You always want to play for the All Blacks. So yeah, absolutely. if you are impressing and pressing forward and you're developing as a player and then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, man, I'm I'm like, yeah, I could probably switch codes and then you, you start talking to some All Blacks development players or, you know, coaching staff or whatever it might be and then they're like, yeah, yeah, no, we'll, we'll bring you across. You can play for this team and you're, you're more than likely to get a crack at it. It's kind of like, hmm, I think it all started with like Sonny Bill Williams yeah. And then that gets the idea of, oh, well, I'm, a, yeah. I'm, I'm an elite player in the NRL. I definitely can make the All Black squad. And then it's just kind of like, shit, we're going to lose a lot of 
you know, um, solid talent in the like um, Kiwi community from the from rugby league. So I think it's already definitely hard enough for, for to get some talent across. You know, you you look at the All Blacks, and like you said, everyone was played for the All Blacks. Trying to entice talent from New Zealand to play rugby league oh. is is hard enough already. You know, now you've got guys turning their backs on league and going to union you know as a young kid you look at that and you go let's say rts was your hero your idol you know you sit there you watch him every weekend play and you go i want to grow up and be like rts i want to i want to grow up and and play for the warriors and you know all this sort of stuff and now all of a sudden he's gone back to union you go oh well maybe the pathway's union you know like oh maybe i'm going to start watching union now and and you know start following union and all of a sudden it's like oh i might as well just play union you know like my favorite player went played union why don't i just go do that you know yeah it's, it's the Benji Marshall effect, essentially. Yeah. You know, when Benji Marshall came in, every Kiwi kid wanted to be Benji Marshall. And that's where you got that massive influx of, of, of Pacific Islanders and stuff. They all came into the NRL wanting to be the next Benji Marshall, you know. Now we could see a reverse of that where it's not about, you know, like NRL anymore. It's oh, two of other checks gone back to Union. Maybe why don't I go do that, you know? Yeah. Okay, here's a question for you real quickly before we move on to the Penrith Panthers. Who's the next Kiwi superstar? Who's the, who's the next player that? Who's the next Benji Marshall? You know, who's that next RTS? Who's the next player that comes? Who, who's the next one? Well, oh, that's tough. That's very tough. Considering that a lot of um, a lot of players have now pledged their allegiance to you know Samoa or Tonga. That's very it's, hard. Hey? It's, it's very hard considering that a lot of the guys you know you, you would have said uh, Tamalolo. Would have been the next, you know, the next Kiwi captain. He would have been the next big, you know, Kiwi name that everyone would follow. Now he's playing for Tonga. Or you go, okay, well, maybe it was like, you know, uh, uh, Brandon Smith. He was a Kiwi. Yeah. You know, it may, maybe he's the next big one. But then it's like his development needs to improve for him to be the next Kiwi superstar. You know. Yeah. I really actually, don't know. I really, I've, I've actually stumped myself. To be yeah. honest, I didn't really have an answer for you. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, but, I'll, I'll um, have to think on it. Yeah, that's that's massive. That's a big one. We uh, might put that out. We might put out that out on the socials too for everyone to, to kind of comment. You feel like you're who's the next? Who's the next Kiwi superstar? Maybe Charles Nickel Clockstad. Is he is he Kiwi or is he? He's, I'm pretty sure he's yeah. a Kiwi. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I mean, if he shows improvement, the thing is though is that you kind of like comparing peaches and apples, like uh, two other checks and like an elite on his own. You know, that's like. Uh, that's like who was going to replace Darren Lockyer at Broncos. I think they're still trying to replace him, to be honest. Same as Cowboys. We're still trying to replace Thurston. You, know, you, you just spend years and years trying to just replicate a play like that, and it never gets there. I think like we can't under, underst- like understate how big of a loss this is, not just for the NRL, but for the Warriors and, and their future. You know, like Kids aren't going to go and want to play with... Well, who who do the, the Warriors have now? Who was their superstar player? You know, Simon Mannering's gone. You know, you had Steve Price, you had Stacey Jones, you know, all the, uh, you know, a couple of these big club stalwarts. They're not there anymore. You know, you look at the Warriors team, they're young. Who is that guy that inside yeah, that team that's going to, you know, really step up and lead or even just give kids hope, you know, as, as, a, as a Warriors fan? I really don't know. Yeah. Well, obviously, we'll be chatting about them. Have we? No, we've already spoken no, about the Warriors. Have, yeah. yeah, last week. Yep. Yes, well, that'll be interesting for the Warriors. Hopefully, they can really develop some plays up, and um, Nathan Brown can really get them going. But who knows? You know, even with Phil Gould there, hopefully, he can bring some players across. But obviously, moving on to the uh, final team for tonight's podcast, the Penrith Panthers, the uh, runners-up from last year's grand final. Um, 
look, there's not much change. Um, looking at the squad, I think like obviously losing James to Mao is is probably their probably is their biggest loss. Um, I reckon second. I reckon I reckon second to losing Trent Barrett. Um, really, in, in the coaching in the coaching department, I think that that's a huge loss. And then following that would be Josh Mansour, um, obviously losing him as well too. Look, uh, what can we say about Penrith, man? They're an exciting bunch of young players. Um, they, I think they've got a good, um, consistent kind of playing style that gets them across the line, makes them feel comfortable. You know, um, you def- they definitely can score some points, but yep. are we going to see Nathan Cleary step up again this year? Are we going to look at, you know, um, J- uh, Jerome Luai coming, you know, improving to the point where he's equal to some of the best um, sixes in the game? Yep. Uh, obviously, Episode Coruscant, we is he going to play the same way that he played last year? Is Stephen Crichton going to go to the next level? Is Dylan Edwards going to c- develop into a better fullback? Can Charlie Staines maintain his kind of try-scoring ability? Yep. Um, you know, same with Brian To'o as well, you know, on that left edge now. You know, are we going to see the loss of James Samuel be a hindrance or something better? Are we going to see Kikau go one better? Yeah, you know, all those kinds of things. I um, I think they've they've done quite well um in regards to recruitment. Anyway, uh, the the, the players they've lost, it, it almost seems like they've just managed to replace him. You know, you talk about uh, Hedrington, he's gone to the Bulldogs. Caleb Aikens, uh, James Tamo, Josh Mansour, Zane Tedavano, um, and then a couple of other guys like Dean War uh Warry. Uh, Dean uh, Wall, Malachi, yeah, Malachi, uh, I think he had to retire because of a, a uh, heart injury, yeah, something yeah, like something that. crazy, yeah. But it's quite sad, but you know, in saying that, they have brought in guys like Robert Jennings. He can plug a hole there, you know. You, like you said, you've got Charlie Staines there, uh, Matt Eisenhuth. Um, he's a in, in that middle uh, pack there. You got Scott Sorensen, Paul Momorowski. You know, guys that can play multiple positions, guys that can fill holes that you've lost. I think they've done a really good job recruiting. Um, and, you know, I've already I've already done my um, ladder prediction for last year, but just thinking about it now, I've probably made a mistake, to be honest with you. I've, I've got Penrith at seventh. Wow. Yeah. And I, look, I don't, I don't think they're going to go as good as they did last year, just simply because I think last year you had guys that were there to prove a point, you know, yeah. and and a lot of the talk at the start of the year was about, oh, the Penrith are probably going to come last. You know, I saw a few ladder predictions last year where they were they were last. They, they come and, you know, they had the spoon. And for them to come into the season and start, you know, play good football straight away and win games, put games back to back to back. And, you, you know, they went the whole season losing one game. You know, that, that – that confidence and, and the, uh, the that feeling of like oh, I can do this, you know, I'm an you know, I'm an NRL first grader where you know like look at what we're doing sort of thing. It's that's that's what every team wants to replicate. You want to have that throughout your entire squad. And I'm kind of worried that Ivan Cleary won't after losing to Melbourne, where you know it's bad enough losing in a grand final, but Melbourne just like they. They could have walked off the field with ten minutes to go, and it would have been the same. Like they well and truly put the queue on the rack in that grand final. I think five minutes. If there was five minutes more in that game, Panda probably win it. But a footy game's only eighty minutes, you know. Um, and I, I'm kind of worried that that's they won't be able to replicate things like that next year. They won't be able to re, you know replicate the um, just that feeling you get from playing first grade. Yeah, you know, like like what happens if like say for instance they don't they don't go. Um, what was this? What was there like? It was like. 
19 and 1 or something like that. Well, how many games did they play last year? 20 uh, games. 20, yeah, yeah, it was 19 20 before, and 1. Like 20 before the finals. So, like, they went 18 and 18 and 1, you know, or 19 and 1, sorry, for, for those games. You know, what if they get, like, you know, four or five losses, five or six losses, you know, that kind of, like, up and down period. Yep. Do you feel like they're maybe the, they're the new Parramatta Eels? Do you think that they'll be, like, yeah, I really they're think good so, on yeah. paper, but yeah. they can't? They just, I feel like because that loss to the Melbourne Storm in the grand final, that's going to be a massive, it's going to be one of two things. It's going to be a massive, like, disadvantage for them in the fact that when they come up against that top eight, top four kind of teams, they're going to look at it and go, we can't win these games because we're not good enough. Or they can go the same way that you were just talking there and they go, well, fuck it. We can maintain our game, like our game, game plan against these teams and you know we're able to go at it with the best in, in, in like in that top four. So yeah. they come out and they actually you know belt teams off the park. Or yeah, like you said, they go they go the other way and they go like we can't we can't yeah. stand up against the top four. I, th- I think that is really going to show the uh, character of Ivan Ivan Cleary's coaching. I think if he can really nail that down, and like you said, you know if, if they do have like an up and down you know roller coaster period, if they string you know like if they don't start the season as well as they would, let's say they go. Two and you know two and three, yeah. You know, all of a sudden you go, oh shit, we're losing more games. You know, like we've really got to pull ourselves out of a hole here. You know, all of a sudden it's not the whole, you know, it's not last year. It's really hard to gauge Penrith just purely based off that, based off last year. You can't use that as a yardstick because you're not going to replicate that again. It's yeah, that was an outstanding year. You can't, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely not going to be able to replicate that again. And I think that's going to be his toughest. Uh, Ivan Cleary's toughest coaching role is not going to be to get the guys playing good football because they're they're good footballers. It's going to be uh, getting them motivated, getting them, you know, like like mitigating a loss. You know, let's say that you know, let's say they they go ten and ten. You know, some guys are going to be going, oh, mate, we've had a shit year. They might get into the eight. You know, if, if they finish seventh, that's, you know, you've made the eight. You're doing better than half the other teams, you know, like you've made the finals. Yep. But to them, that might seem like a disappointment because they'll... Oh, well, yeah, exactly right. Yeah, they're not back in the grand final. They're not yeah. back, you know, minor premiers again. So yeah. that'll be... It'll be a very interesting year for the Panthers. Yeah, like you said, you can't use last year's results as a yardstick for this year and, and the coming years ahead. Because if they do that, it's going to be detrimental to their mindset towards going in, into games. They can't be like, we're going to win this, we're going to win this, we're going to win this. It's going to be like, okay, we need to stick into this game and we need to make sure that we're playing the best football that this team can play. So, yeah. look, they're electric, man. Um, with, uh, you know, obviously Brent Naden with his um, off-field issues and stuff like going on. You know, Tyron May probably will spot uh, like uh, solidify that number four jersey down um, in the centres there. You know, Stephen Crichton, I'm expecting him to go one better. Like I said, you know, when I, when I first started chatting about the Panthers, I think that's the big thing. It'll be interesting to see the development of Matt Burton. Um, I think he's probably... Look, you can put wraps on players and all that kind of stuff. I, I, I Yes... They he did do a role last year for Panthers, and I think that was early stages when Nathan Cleary was out. He did slot into that number seven jersey, yeah. uh, into that role. But like, do we see him start at Penrith? Do, do we see them try to develop him into a player a bit more before he goes to the Bulldogs? You know, he's going to the Bulldogs regardless. Yeah. Like, there's you know, there's no no if ifs or buts about it. He's he's heading out. He's out the door. But do we see? 
it's just another one of those questions about character. Really, are we going to see the best out of him, or are we just going to see, hey, mate, I'm out the door next year? Like, yeah, yeah I'm just going to, I'm just going to try to develop and and do my best because he's not going to take the jersey off Luai or Cleary. I don't. No. There's no. There's absolutely no way that I don't think that's going to happen unless one of them is either injured or they're just not playing very good football at all. Well, you might see him around Origin period. Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously with Nathan um, probably getting that 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 jersey back for the Blues, but. Yep. Um, the hard thing, just on that, the hard thing for Penrith though is going to be you're not developing him for Penrith anymore. Yeah, you know, like That's how much problem? Yeah, it's it's a Jake Clifford scenario in the in the Cowboys. You know, sure enough, he probably could get a starting spot, but you're not developing him for your team anymore. Yeah. You know, and and that's that brings up the point about like we we brought up before, you know, about the transfer window and and players, you know, signing for teams a year beforehand is you get that. You get players are going to get stunted growth. They're not going to develop this year. You know, they might just sit on the sideline and just, you know, if if you were as a coach, if you really wanted to be spiteful, you just name him as twentieth man all year. Yeah. Guy laces up the boots. He goes out, warms up, doesn't play a single game. Yeah. You know? And I think I, you know, I probably I'm, that's probably going to happen. To be honest, yeah, well, he, might, I mean, he might get three or four games throughout the year, yeah. and that's probably going to be about it. And the, the the thing, the hard thing though, is that he he does have the talent. He does have the talent to be able to step up into that that full time squad, and it, it's it's hard because he would normally be the nineteenth or twentieth man. You know, he, he would normally be there for Penrith, but you know, you know, you're looking at it and you're like, it's kind of a bad thing. Like, you know, usually they might rotate those guys out depending if you know someone's injured or or whatnot, and and him not seeing footy for an entire year is going to be pretty well detrimental, especially yeah, for the Bulldogs, yeah. you know. Well, hopefully we've got like our, um, you know, we will have our um, second and third grade um, teams playing as well with the Intrust Super Cup or, yeah. Um, yeah, all that, all those kinds of, you know, under-20s type, type teams playing. So it'll be good to see that he'll get game time. You just won't get NRL game time, and I think. I guess the other question too is are they going to miss um, – are they going to miss? I've got names right now. Josh Mansour. Are we going to miss his? Are they going to miss his work ethic? Are they going to miss his? You know, his ability to get around the ball. Um, I don't think so. To be honest, yep. I think I think a lot of the last year he was outside um, Stephen Crichton. You know, he, Crichton had a cracker of a year, and and Mansour really he was just. Like, he just had to be there. You know, that was his job. And, you know, now you're losing. I think, like, yeah, it might be a loss for him if you didn't have, you know, like a try scoring freak like Charlie Stane stepping up into that yeah. wing spot. It's not like you have to find a, a wing. You've got one there, you know. And a guy who can find the line. That's really all you want out of a winger. You know, a guy that can find the line. Yeah. You know, I, I, don't think, I don't think it will be lost. Maybe out of yardage. I think that might be a, a, an issue for him, you know, coming out of yardage because he was such a great carrier of the ball. But... I think ever since he fractured his was it his uh, cheekbone, um, when he fractured his cheekbone, I think it might have been. Correct me if yeah, I'm wrong. Yeah, it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. He just he just hasn't really had that same grit, you know. Like he he was known for his carries out of tough yardage, and that happened. And then it was like he come back and he was just a bit ginger on it. And then he just, yeah, it, it must be a mental game thing. He just hasn't. I think been he, the had, same. he had that, and then prior to that, he did his ACL. So like he's been out of the game a lot more than what. Like he would have wanted it to be, yep. so coming back after the ACL, just a, it's just a mind game, and then all of a sudden copying that other injury, it's just kind of like far That's out. Tough, like I'm, yeah. I'm copping, yeah. I'm copping it at the moment. Yeah. But yeah. instead of being like, oh, you know, I'm going to come back on and play some good footy, it's like, oh, what's going to go next? You know, like 
what am I, what am I going to enter next? You know, is it going to be in my leg? Is it going to be my face? You know, yeah. And, and I think it even got isolated last year that, you know, he was shying away from contact, you know, with his yeah. face, you know, he didn't want to get his face anywhere near contact, you know, and that's kind of hard playing in, you know, especially if you go up against contact the Roosters sport. where Warrior Hargraves just wants to take your head off. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way you're running the ball near him, mate. Holy no, shit. no way. Cool, mate. Well, that's obviously the Penrith Panthers. That's our four teams for um, for tonight's podcast. Um, next week, we'll be chatting about the last four teams of uh, the NRL, the Rabbitohs, the Dragons, the Roosters, and the West Tigers. Um, we'll yeah, obviously go over in the exact same way that we've gone over in the last couple of podcasts. Um, but before we kind of finish up on the potty today, I know that we do, definitely we wanted to chat about the, um, the All-Stars game that is happening on the 20th of Feb, so next Saturday. Um, both the women's and the men's teams will be playing on that same day. So um, for all the listeners out there, make sure you jump on, um, you know, with uh, I'm pretty sure it'll be uh, like on Channel 9. If not, you'll be on KO or Foxtel or something like that. So make sure you do jump on and uh, give that a watch because, you know, obviously the players that are playing in those teams are playing for their heritage. It's not just a playing for Australia, playing for um, Queensland, Blues, you know, uh, Kiwis, all that kind of stuff, the teams that have been around for quite a while. This is something that is a, um, you know, a great asset to the NRL and the, and the NRL community and, and especially the Maori and the um, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander community as well too. So, um, for those players to be able to play in those uh, teams is a massive um, achievement for them. Um, but obviously with COVID and um, the world that we live in now, unfortunately the Melbourne Star, uh, the Melbourne Storm players, there's nine of them, did you seven. say, Josh? Seven. Se- seven of them. So seven players unfortunately won't be able to take the field. I know that there's a couple of pretty decent names in those squads. Um, yeah, I I'll just, list there, Josh? yeah, I'll just take you through. So. Uh, Josh Adokar um, is the Indigenous winger. Uh, and then for the Maori, you've got uh, Jesse and Kenny Bromwich, Remus Smith, Brandon Smith, Jerome Hughes, and Nelson Osofa Solomona. Yeah. Obviously, thanks to the um, the Melbourne 3.0 lockdown, they um, they can't make their way <laughs> they can't make their way up, which is which is quite sad. Obviously, it's a you know, like I said, like you touched on before, it's a, it's a massive thing. Um, you know, it's a proud game for them to go and play in, and it's and it's and it's a big way for them to show, uh, you know, that they're obviously proud of their heritage. You know, yeah. to be able to go out there and represent parts of that, you know, parts of their life, um, is is massive. You know, I, I always like watching them. To be honest with you, yeah, they play with a lot of passion. Yeah, yeah, it reminds me of the um the Tonga Samoa games and things like that. You know, they, those guys, they might not be the the best showing of footy you've ever seen, but God, like, you know, and, and I, I was lucky enough that when I was living in Townsville, I got to see a Tonga game. This was before they had all the big stars come play with them, but I can't remember who it was against. It might have been Scotland or Fiji, uh, but there was, I've never seen like the, a bigger crowd of Tongans in my life at, at this game. <laughs> and oh man, like the, eight for 80 minutes, they were just, you know, like they, they were, they were so passionate and they were just full on, like yeah. everything. They rode every single tackle, every single hit up, like, it was, it was great to watch, and I, I would absolutely love to go to a, a, a Samoa Tonga game just to sit in the stands and just listen to the atmosphere. You know, they bring a lot of that stuff. And so, same with the the All-Stars games. You know, there has been a lot of that history. I, I really do like that the NRL has changed from just the NRL All-Stars um, to the Maori and the Indigenous All-Stars, um, purely because 
while it's good to get selected as a NRL All-Star, there's no real like feeling behind it. You know, there's no real emotion and passion and stuff going into that team. It's just another rep squad, like you said. Yeah. But for these guys here, yeah, they go there, they're, they're proud, they're passionate, you know, and, and it turns into a good game. I'm, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't um, Brandon Smith last year, I think he uh, broke his jaw? Yeah, fractured his eye socket, I think it might have been. Yeah, in the ninth minute or something and played the rest of the game. He had a, I think he won man of the match, if, if I'm yeah. I'm, I'm right, pretty sure he's up there, or he got some form of award. Yeah, just some, yeah, something crazy like that, man. It's just, just, just like goes to show how, um, how much this game means to him, you know. And I'm glad now, the you, got the man. Do you have the ins for that for the team at all? Um, I'll just, I'll quickly just run you through the team. I don't have uh, so I've got so I've got I think from what I've from what I'm kind of reading here, I know that um, obviously for the Indigenous All Stars, Corey Thompson comes in um to replace Josh Adokar in the squad. I know that there's a mix, so. Um, Alex Johnson will go into the uh, the number five jersey, Blake Ferguson, uh, into the other wings position. Then you got Jack White and Jesse Ramian on their insides. And I think for the Maori All Stars, you've got Russell Packer, Isan Isan Masters, uh, Dejan Arcee, which is something I wanted as a player. Actually, I wanted to ask you about um, Emery Pierre and um, Isaac Luke as well as, well as Jackson. Um, Topine as well, all added to the squad for the Maori All-Stars as well. So um, that's – it'll be interesting to see how those players go. I'm, I'll am i be definitely keeping my eye out for Arcee. I think that, um, like, I really liked his style of play last year um, when he did get that. Was it last year that he got a – yeah. So um, I'm keen to see how he goes and just what, what type of game time he might get with – um, obviously, uh, Kidwell, you know, chuck him in the squad. So it'll be very, very interesting. I'm keen. Yeah. Keen. Um, I, it's, it's kind of hard. I, De- okay. So Dejan Arce, apparently he hasn't, he didn't have the greatest off season. Apparently he put a couple of kilos on and he, he showed up to training and he's been punished for it. I listened to a, um, an interesting podcast during the week where, uh, Paul Bowman got on and had an interview and, Spoke about Dejan Arce and, and the development of him. While he still is developing as a player, he only come back a bit pudgy. Oh, so, right, okay. <laughs> it, um, the reverse Andrew a bit too much. <laughs> um, yeah, in too many cheeseburgers. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it will be interesting to see. Obviously, the the teams. I'm not. I mean, they've got class over both teams. I think the Mary All Stars have a better. Overall team, anyway, I think they've just got yeah, quality um, in their back lines. Killer, you know, like Nickel Cockstar, Joseph May, Dylan Walker, Patrick Herbert, Watoni Zlesniak, uh, you know, um, Jerome Luai and Benji Marshall. That's that's the one to seven right there. And uh, parts of their forward pack leave a little bit to be desired. You know, like um, Russell Packer. Mm. I don't actually know who's still playing first grade. To be honest with you. Uh, Jamie Marshall King, surely they've got a better hooker than Jamie Marshall King. You know, maybe sign Danny Levi or something. Um, but you know, like I don't. It's 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 going to be a good game. I think. I just think that there's more upside in the Indigenous All Stars. I'm oh, sorry, the Maori All Stars compared to the Indigenous All Stars. Yeah, having a look at this Maori All Stars. T- oh, sorry, the um the Indigenous All Stars team. You know, Jack White and Dally M. Blake Ferguson didn't really do much last year. Latrell Mitchell coming back from that um hamstring injury. AJ from the the, the South as well. Lachlan's going to love this. It's pretty much the South team. 
Cody Walker as well. <laughs> Jamal Fogarty, number seven. I'm keen to see how he plays against with um, Cody Walker there as well too. It'd be interesting to see what he's like with a um, like a floating five eight. Um, that'll be an interesting thing to look at. Andrew Fafita. I know that when we did touch about the Sharks in the uh, episode two of this of the podcast, I said that um, Andrew Fafita was going to be my go like man to watch um, in that team. He's put he's dropped a couple of kilos. Really looking fit. So I'm keen to see how he's playing. Uh, David Feeder, obviously, just uh, like a, aggressive. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he plays coming back from that ACL injury. Tyron Peachy, Corey Thompson, uh, uh, Tanoa Brown as well too. Cade Cust, obviously, I'm a big fan of Cade Cust. I'm hoping that he gets a role um, in uh, the Manly Seagulls um, squad. Brian Kelly, you know, expecting a bit more from the the Titans player there, and then yeah, Maori All Stars. Like you just said, man, there's some there's some players in there, man. I'm keen to see Jerome Luai and Benji Marshall, two like really live wire type players. Oh well, yeah, um, yeah. Like you like you touched on Jeremy Marshall King as well too. That'll be an interesting nine combo there for me. I'm probably looking at the likes of Jordan Ricky and how he plays. If he comes out with that aggression, um, he's probably my player that I want like in the forward pack that I'm keen on watching. Um, obviously, he's a Bronco, so I do want to see how he plays, and um, like he's supposed to be the next David Fafita. So if he's coming up against yeah. the bloke that he was supposed to cover, yeah. um, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty keen to. Are they opposing players? No, they're not. No, they're not. But um, yeah, like, like you just said, uh, it will be interesting to see development of him too. Like you know, people yeah. are expecting big things of him, and I mean, I suppose a lot of the, the squads here, you know, it'd be interesting to see development of players uh, get a bit of a sneak peek into you know how they're looking for this season anyway. Yeah. You know, no, and, it should and be I good. Think, and I'm keen yeah. to see how Charles Nickel clocks that goes as well. I'm a fan of him. Um, so I'm I'm keen to see him take a bigger role, um, you know, with the Raiders as well too. I'm, I'm expecting him to step up a bit more. I know that he had like some pretty uh, pretty bad issues with cramps at the end of last year. So um, <laughs> there was like one game where he just couldn't run at all. So, but, uh, you know, like that's, that's, the, that's the team. I'm super keen. It's the first kind of footy we've been able to watch other than the trial matches which are going on at this stage. Um I did sit down and watch the dra- Dragons and Sharks play the other day, so it was good to see some of the development players coming through the, the ranks and, and how they're going, as well as some players that are probably on the cusp of playing NRL. So yep. um, but that's it, mate. That's it for the podcast tonight. Um, that was a good one. It's just gone just over an hour and almost an hour and 10 minutes, which is pretty good for just us two talking, but usually we're the only two talking anyway on the podcast and Lachlan's <laughs> just kind of waffling on about he's, he's, yeah, again, yeah. So. he's waiting for a bunny's name to come up. <laughs> <laughs> don't talk about Angus Crichton, whatever you do. Um, cool, mate. We'll, we'll leave it there. Um, obviously, yeah, we, we've had our chat, and like I said, we'll, we'll be chatting about those last four teams at the end of the next potty. Uh, but anything to finish it off, mate? Uh, nah, mate. Just um, really looking forward to this game of the weekend and, and seeing uh, two quality teams go at it. So, 100%. Right, mate. Well, um, we'll leave it there, guys. Thank you so much for listening to podcasts, and we'll see you on the next episode. You give us some, and you give some more.